What's going on, y'all? The Notorious Sports Podcast is back, and we're back in the home stew in San Marcos, Texas. It's been a minute since me and Ant have sat across the table from one another and just debated, talked sports, uh, just been passionate. You know what I mean? It's been a minute since I've seen this handsome young feller, but uh, we are glad to be back, and uh, we're coming back with a vengeance. We have a special episode and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it to Ant. He's going to run it down for us. But, man, this is going to be dope. I can't wait. All right, y'all. It has been a minute since I got to run down one of these shows. But today is December the 17th. So we know what that means. We're five days away from the NBA season. So we're going to be giving you an all-NBA episode today. Uh, also, a little foreshadowing. We have a very special interview coming very soon. Just It's going to take me a little bit longer editing than let's say one of these episodes would but today we're going to be talking about our top 10 seeds in both the uh, conferences because uh, we got the special season coming up the 72 game season with the play-in teams Uh, so we're going to go east and west and then we're going to do predictions because those are always fun MVP defensive player of the year rookie of the year and so on and yeah I'm ready to get into it Name? Already, I'll do the honors. We'll start with the Western Conference. Uh, I'm just gonna go. We'll probably we'll go one through four, and then or one through five, and then six yeah. through ten. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And we can describe if you if we want to go into detail on why we have the teams we have. Okay. Me being me, I love to talk, so I'm gonna do that. Number one, I have the number one seed being the Los Angeles Lakers. I believe they're the best team, the deepest team in the West. Uh, I love the addition of Dennis Schroeder, Wes Matthews, Marcus Saul, and Montrez Harrell. Uh, it gives them essentially another formidable lineup, uh, matchup-wise, that you know for their second unit, and it's one that ultimately will make them the best team in the league. Uh, I think the Bucks, um, kind of spoiler alert here, I think the Bucks might have the better record, but I think the best team's going to be the Lakers. Um, they're just a very good team from top to bottom, with two players who I feel are in the top three in the world, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, number two, I said on Twitter, this is going to be a, uh, a podcast full of reaches, but we are very confident and comfortable with what we're saying. I have the Dallas Mavericks as, as my two seed in the Western Conference. Uh, I think Luka is a superstar, and I think he takes the next step. Um, you can see he's kind of budding, and he's really, really, really been that go-to guy, that player that ascends, that transcends all the talent around him, makes everyone around him better, and I think this is the season where they take that leap. Uh, I think adding Josh Richardson and a Seth Curry light in Tyrell Terry will pay huge dividends for this team. Uh, I think that they take the next step, the, the next step this season, and win a ton of games. Uh, with what's been noted by many as the greatest offense of all time, I think they continue to pick up on that. They continue to develop and they continue to progress uh, under Rick Carlisle. Uh, my number three seed is going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George are still great players and will bounce back and still be an elite team. I love the Luke Kennard pickup. I think he can be a primary facilitator for that offense, and he is just absolutely butter from deep. Uh, I understand, you know, they lost Montrezl Harrell, which is going to be a huge loss. But in that same breath, Paul George, uh, his last season in Oklahoma City, he was an amazing talent. Uh, he was a fringe MVP player. And I'm sorry, but coming off of a, a, an offseason where he had shoulder surgery on both of his shoulders, I'm not going to hold that against him too much. Uh, I think him and Kawhi bounce back big. Um, number four, I'm going to have the Denver Nuggets. I think Jamal Murray returns to his regular form post-bubble. 
which is around 17, 5, and 4. That's kind of his career averages. Uh, I think the loss of Jeremy Grant hurts them more on the perimeter and as a rim rotator than anything he brings offensively. And I think the three teams in front of him are just better talent-wise. I also think losing Craig and Beasley will hurt them a little bit as well. Uh, Lastly, number five, I have the Utah Jazz. I think Donovan Mitchell is a great player, but this is another year with Conley, and that's not going to benefit them much. Uh, I I think getting Boyan back is going to be huge for this team. Uh, They're going to be well-coached. They're a defensive-minded team that will always keep them in games. Uh, They just don't have that superstar tandem yet. And even a team like Denver, I think, is just a little bit more talented than Utah. All right. um, I'm actually very surprised at your top two, uh, your number two seed, because I thought I was going to be the only one reaching on that. But going to go ahead and say number one team is the Lakers. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say say they're winning the chip already again. Uh, the team somehow managed to get better than they were last season. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, like you said, is a sixth man of the year. I don't care what anyone says. He won it last year. Uh, I don't think two players on the same team can be up for sixth man of the year. So I think Dennis Schroeder won last year in my book. Uh, He was the best sixth man in the league. So adding him to, along with another elite role player in Montrezl Harrell, uh, I I think it's very hard to um, deny that this team got better. Uh, and the number two team is the Mavs. Uh, I think Luka Doncic is the next player that is going to run the league like LeBron ran the league. Uh, I think you can make arguments for him being a top five player in the league already. So uh, he that's why the Mavs are going to be the number two seed for me is because Luka is on that team. Uh, I disagreed with you on number three. I have Denver still as the number three team. They're a great coach team. Uh, Jokic is amazing like always uh, I see Jamal Murray improving but I don't think he's going to be the sole reason they're uh, going to be a three seed I just uh, don't believe in the Clippers as much as you do I believe they're going to be separated by one or two games and the Nuggets are just going to edge them out on a close uh, record swap there uh, and then number four I have the Clippers uh, I, I, I watched a lot of Paul George that season uh, you're talking about as he was on OKC and I I don't feel like he has the same aggression, I guess, that he play, plays with anymore. I don't know if that has anything to do with the surgeries, but I don't see the same elite two-way player that I saw in Oklahoma City. Uh, I didn't see it after February of that season when he first hurt the shoulders, and I don't know if it's just his shoulders hurt so he can't play as aggressively as he liked, but... Uh, a lot of it is on Paul George is why I feel like the Clippers are uh, not going to be a top three team in the West. And also, they lost Montrezl Harrell, which is a huge piece to that team. Uh, and then my fifth seed is the Golden State Warriors. I think because Steph was out of the league for one year, we forgot, oh yeah, he's a 30-point scorer every night. Uh, I think... Yes, the, he's not going to have Clay Thompson right next to him. We're having a Draymond Green kind of fizzling out, not being as effective. But, I mean, Coach Kerr is a great coach. Steph Curry's an all-time talent. Uh, he has two long, uh, three long wing players at his side. Uh, Kelly Oubre, I don't think he's an elite player, but... I, I, I'm confident in an, a good offense next to a player like Steph Curry. He can be better than many perceive him to be. And then I trust Andrew Wiggins 
on a nightly basis to give me 22 so i'm not worried about where points are coming from it's just going to be i feel like a lot of shootouts with the warriors because i mean i don't see where their elite defense is anymore uh with the loss of clay and draymond really being not there but they were just injured last season uh but they're not better than the four teams above them yes with golden state i can um I understand where you're going with it, but I push back on that just because I think Draymond's taken a large, a massive step back. Um, Kelly Oubre is another guy who isn't really good from deep, isn't really good when he puts the ball on the floor. Um, he's like a three. His his best play style would be being a three and D player, but except he doesn't have the three and he doesn't really have much of the D. Uh, pause. Yeah. But <laughs> but. Um, you know what I mean, but Steph Curry. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I can't. I cannot ignore. I cannot deny the gravity Steph Curry has on the floor. Uh, but man, even last year in the games where they had like Steph and D'Lo, they were still kind of a bad team. And I don't think they're very deep anymore. I, I don't. I don't think that another guard that is ball dominant works next next to Steph Curry. It's similar with James Harden. We've seen it multiple times. Ball dominant guards don't work next to another ball dominant player in this modern era. Yes, Steph Curry is one of the best players off ball as well, which is why I think this team's going to work is because he's going to pull so much attention night in and night out. And Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, you can argue if Andrew Wiggins is a second option on some teams. I don't think he is. But this season, he's going to have to step up in that role. And Kelly Oubre in, uh, in Phoenix was playing as if he was a second option on that team, which he is not. He's a third or fourth option at best, which he will be on this team, which is why I think he'll be a better piece in Golden State than he was in Phoenix. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, he's not really good at putting the ball on the floor, um, but he can give you a straight line drive to the basket and finish at the hoop, which is, I mean, it, with a team like Golden State, they love cutters to the basket. Um, they love easy buckets, you know what I mean, more than any team. You see that the most. Um, I also think a guy like James Wiseman is going to be great in the screen assist department. Uh, and if he's as good as I think he will be, which some people say I'm too high on him, I don't really care. He's a good player. I think he's going to be a very and good I player. And, I mean, even people may laugh at this statement, but Kevon Looney was hurt all last year too. That's a solid I mean, yeah, eight, a, nine a boards player. a night. Yeah. Role player giving me screen assist all night long. That's that's a guy that Steph needed, but, I mean, Steph wasn't even playing either. Yeah. We just – I think a lot of people are – County. I heard a lot of stuff when the bubble was happening about Steph Curry and other point guards in the league, and it just needs to stop because he he's still the best point guard in this league by far. I'd agree. Um, I'd agree because Luka Doncic. Oh, never mind. I don't know. Luka Doncic point guard. I think I take. Yeah, Doncic. if we're counting Luka, yeah, it's a discussion. Yeah. But Luka's, I think, is a lot. He's more, just he's more yeah. of. A brawn player where he's a small forward playmaker kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not mad at that. I wouldn't list either of them as a point guard. I'm not mad at that. Um, so we'll go six to ten. Yes, sir. I got number six. I have the Houston Rockets, a team that I really like that has some serious upside if everything goes right. Uh, they should use their two bigs and Boogie and Wood a bunch to uh, pick and pop, as well as utilize the pick and roll, something that James Harden looks at his best doing. Uh, shooting, scoring, and playmaking is heavy with this team. I really like what Houston can do if they utilize their two bigs, especially Christian Wood. Uh, that's someone who's going to really catch a lot of attention, his national attention. Now that he's going to be on a winning team. But, man, James Harden and Christian Wood together in the pick and roll, in the pick and pop, just stuff like that's going to be huge for this team. And also John Wall. 
John Wall, throughout his tenure in, in, in Washington, didn't have a good big around him. His best bigs were Marcin Gortat. That was his best big. You know what I mean? So I think this is going to be huge. It's going to pay huge dividends grabbing those two bigs, finally coming back to pick-and-roll basketball, something that is the most commonly used play and ran play uh, in the NBA. Shout-out to my boy Noah for making that point. Um, number seven, the Phoenix Suns. I think Chris Paul was a great decision, and now you'll see how good their coaching and players around this group are. Uh, I think Booker and Aiton are ascending talents, and Booker's arguably a top 15 player. Now it's up to guys like Cam Johnson, Jalen Smith, and Michael Bridges and others to tie this thing together. Uh, they're a young team, uh, but I think they can be reminiscent and they can remind guys of, or remind people of last year's Thunder squad. The Thunder were a very young team, garnered by a couple a couple veteran talents, and that led them to the playoffs. And the Suns can be the same way. The only thing is, is I think the teams in front of them are just better. You know what I mean? But I can see a team like Phoenix going up to, you know, five or four, but I can't see them in the top three. Uh, number eight, the Portland Trailblazers. Dame never misses the playoffs, like ever, ever. Since Dame's rookie year, they've been in the playoffs every single season. I don't think this year's it. Uh, they they added Rocco. Uh, they lost the white side, but they're gaining Zach, a healthy Zach Collins. They're going to gain Nurkic. Um, you know, he's again, I mean, he's, he wasn't hurt much last year, or he was hurt last year, but he came back later in the year. But they're going to gain that back. Uh, you know, they let go of Whiteside. Robert Covington's there. So they're going to get Rodney Hood back as well. Um, I think they're going to be a good team again. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm sorry. Like I said, Dame doesn't miss the playoffs. Um, number nine, I have the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Justice Winslow is going to be an interesting fit for this team. Uh, I think this team with Ja and Jaron Jackson can also make some noise, but I think they're missing a piece or two as well to tie this thing together. Um, although, if my guy Desmond Bain can blossom, he could be that guy. Also, Brandon Clark, uh, who we'll talk about later, um, if he can also continue to ascend, I think he could possibly be that guy as well. But that's where I, that's where I feel like Grizzlies. I, I'm, I mean, I could be hating on the Grizzlies. I could be sleeping on them. Um, not necessarily hating, but I could be sleeping on them, but... Man, I just really like these other teams in front of me. I just think that they're better. Uh, and lastly, 10, San Antonio Spurs. I think this group is too well-coached and talented and talented to be a bottom three seed or worse. Um, as long as DeRozan continues to be do-it-all tomorrow on the offensive end and LaMarcus Aldridge continues to adapt to the modern standards of an NBA big, uh, they're too talented to be a bad team. They're just missing a piece or two that will make them a perennial playoff contender. It's like they're in the middle where they're too good to be horrible, but – not good enough to make the playoffs, essentially, which is the worst spot you can be. Mm-hmm. So who do you have that's on my list that's not in the playoffs? Do you not have the Warriors? No, I don't have the Warriors within the top 10 seeds. I think they're bad again. Like bad. No, I think they're bad. Like bad. Yeah, no, I think they're bad. I, didn't think, I don't think they're going to be good. I don't I don't believe in Andrew Wiggins. I don't believe in Kelly Oubre and Draymond. Oh, I, I, I enjoy Draymond Green, but he has been horrible for two years. That's Shout out to Nico Manning, though. No, I, I, I was, I just completely, I was looking at my they list and I was like, Theo. I was like, we are <laughs> off somewhere, but yeah, yeah, I'm not, I, I can't be upset about that. Like I said, there's, there's a lot of this list on here that I stretched on, uh, but I'm pretty confident on some of them, the first seed. <laughs> 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 uh. So my sixth seed is the Portland Trailblazers. 
uh, I have them this high because Damian Lillard, like you said, don't doesn't miss the playoffs, and they're getting two elite wing defenders back. Uh, Rocco in Houston, we saw in the bubble, he played great, um, and he was third option on that tw- team? Question mark. Most likely, uh, in this on this team, who knows where he's gonna be option wise? Because Melo's still gonna come off the bench, which I think is gonna be great for this Portland team being able to start Rocco. Uh but yeah, this that's where I have them because I I don't believe uh they're that bad of a team. Uh I I, I think they're a little bit better than the Rockets. The Rockets are my seventh seed. Uh, mainly because I don't know like I said probably five minutes ago, I don't know how John Wall and James Hart are gonna play next to each other. Because, yes, John Wall's a playmaker, but he needs the ball in his hands to playmake. I don't know if James Harden doesn't want an ISO score. I, we've seen it with two all-star point guards. I don't know if ISO scoring is going to get them a top six seed in this year's Western Conference. I don't even know if it gets them a seven seed because my eight seed is the Utah Jazz. I, I, I don't know if an ISO scoring primary offense is better than these teams. Uh, because yes, you got him a big, which is what I think he's needed this whole time. But I don't know if this Rockets team is that much better than they were last year. I think the addition of Christian Wood is amazing. Boogie, great next to a player like James Harden. But I don't know. First of all, I don't I don't know too much about their new coach. I don't know what kind of offense he's going to try and put in. And also a part of it's just I don't know the willingness of James Harden to go through another offensive change or change how he plays. So I think a lot of it's going to uh, revolve around how Harden plays. Uh, if if he ends up sticking around, sticking it out, they could be a little higher. But his current mood and things he's saying, I think they're a 7C because I don't think he wants to be with the Houston Rockets anymore. Um, 8C is the Utah Jazz. Uh, I think they're just a little bit better than the Suns. They're so low because I think these other teams uh, have just taken jumps uh, over them. I think this Utah Jazz team really hasn't changed too, too, too much. Uh, like you said, Mike Conley is back in Utah. I I think Portland's better than Utah, and I think Houston's better than Utah uh, because Utah didn't improve, but those other two teams did. Uh, and then my ninth seed is the Phoenix Suns. I am on the same page as you. I think they could be like the Thunder of last year. They could be higher. They could flip with the Warriors. The Warriors could be a lower seed. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see because it, it, it really it looks like the Suns are better than OKC's team probably was last year as far as role players go. Um but but I'm not too sure about them like I'm not too sure about a, a team in the East we'll talk about. Um, and then my 10th seed is the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they're narrowly going to beat out the Spurs and the Pelicans. I think those are, are going to be the last three teams that are really, really close. Uh, but, yeah, that's my Western Conference five or 6 to 10. Does your opinion on the Rockets change if they get uh, Ben Simmons? Like if they swap Ben Simmons for Jan- John Wall? For John Wall? Yeah, I mean... Uh, James? Yeah, for James Harden, I mean. 
because for me it doesn't. I I, 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 I think I, they stay. I think yeah. I think they for sure stay at like that seven to eight range if they get Ben Simmons. I think they're still a perennial playoff team. Yeah, they're a if playoff they get, team. Yeah, they, if they get but Ben Simmons, for I, James I Harden, don't think yeah. like with James, I could see them being up to the fifth seed because that's where you had them, right? As a uh, five. A six, six, six. I could see them being six or five, but with how it's going now depending on what they do with him or if he's in the mood he's in right now, hanging out with a little baby in Atlanta and Vegas while everybody else is training, I, I they're going to be a lower seed because I have no questions about Damian Lillard in Portland. And I have, I have, yeah, I have no questions about if Steph wants to prove that he's the best player, one of the best players on this planet. Yeah, and, and with, with both of our lists too, this is not something that, like I said, we're confident, we're comfortable with what, what, what we're saying. But at the same time, too, I could very see that I could very well see this list kind of flipped upside down from you know two and below. I could see the Mavericks being the two seed. I can see them being the fifth seed. I can see a team like Houston or the Suns going all the way up to three or four, and the Nuggets going down. You know, there's just it's just the West is so competitive. Um, I think similarly to the East, like I'll mention um, in our next segment. These these standings, these seeds are going to be split by two or three games. You know what I mean? It's going to be you know very very thin, for, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd probably say for me five to nine is going to be a game or a game and a half. Oh yeah. Um, but now we're going to the Eastern Conference, and I'll I'll let you kick it off. One same thing, one through five, six through ten. All right. Uh, my number one seed uh is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Um. Giannis is one of the best young players on this planet. Uh, I think Drew Drew Holiday was one of the best pickups they could have had. Uh, I think he'll have a great season, which will lead me into later in the show. Uh, And then number two is the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, We have that man coming back that, once again, I feel like a player is injured. People stop talking about him. Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, they're going to have a great offense similarly to the Dallas Mavericks, who are going to have a great offense as well. Uh, We'll see how that leads them in the playoffs, but they're going to have one of the best offenses in the league that's going to lead them to the two seed. Uh, Number three, I have the Boston Celtics. Uh, This is purely just record-wise as why I have them above the two teams after not necessarily skill, but I feel like how Boston has played in the regular season the last couple seasons, um, I see them improving a little bit. Jason Tatum played great last season. Jalen Brown and him are only going to get better next to each other. Uh, it'll be interesting with Kemba because he didn't show that he could be the facilitator I believe this team needs. I feel like this te- the Celtics team needs a uh, playmaking-minded point guard, like a pass-for-purse point guard like R- Rondo. If they could somehow have worked a player that's Rondo-minded who's, I'll get 15 assist a game and eight points I don't care I think that's the type of point guard this young Celtics team needs but with that being said they're still going to be a top seed in the east number four is going to be the defending conference champion Miami Heat I don't think this team got much worse if they didn't lose too much they lost Jay Crowder yes which is a big piece but they also gained Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless which are both great wing defenders in this league which will help them against teams like the Nets and the Bucks just length is going to be uh what helps you the most against those teams especially the Bucks because Drew Holiday isn't really a shooter either so they're going to be playing a very similar uh box type defense like they did 
last year if they ended up playing them. And then my fifth seed is the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, once again, I think they added a lot of role players. I don't know if it was enough to put them over the teams ahead of them. Uh, Skill-wise, uh, I still don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Beads fit next to each other. All really depends on what happens with Harden. It seems like Philly is the lead team on them as of today, but if they somehow get him, they could very well be a two-seed in the East, but I'm pretty confident that the four teams I mentioned before Philly are, are going to be better regular season teams, either because of the coach or because of just pure skill. Um, our, our one through five is identical. Um, I have the Bucks number one, because they've improved a ton. Uh, just by adding Drew, that was a beautiful move and just such a great fit. Uh, I complained about you know them not having shot creation. I thought that was going to be their downfall. Basically was in the playoffs. Um, they had no one to initiate offense. They had no sort of ball movement. Uh, Miami ran that zone. And they said, we'll live with Chris Middleton shooting seven corner threes. We'll, you know, we'll take we'll take our chances on that. Um, but now with Drew, Drew gives them an excellent two-way player, someone who can can initiate offense, uh, score offense, and defend opposing teams' best players one through three. So that was a fantastic move. Uh, the Nets, if Katie and Kyrie uh, return to their normal form and stay healthy, they're arguably the best team in the East. Um I'd always tell people, you know, to think about it like this. Um, they made the playoffs last year, and they've now added a top two player and a top 15 player. You know what I mean? They may – like, imagine any great team. Imagine imagine the Portland Trailblazers. Or, or no, 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 no. Imagine uh, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies last year, right? They they were nine, and they added the second-best player in basketball and, and the top 15 player in basketball. You'd be like, oh, my God, they're a great team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, number three, I have the Celtics. Uh, Brad Stevens. Oh, back to the Nets before I, you know, get too far ahead of myself. They're also very deep as well. Resigning Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie. Trust me, they are very, very deep. They have shooters. Karis Levert. They have Karis Levert, a, a bucket. You know what I mean? Yeah, this this team is is, is set. New Jordan athlete. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen are just going to kill the league in screen assist. Um, three, Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens never has this team fall behind the eight ball. They're always a great team. Tatum ascends a superstar in this season. That's my prediction. And Tristan Thompson can provide excellent short roll passing and finishing at the bucket. Uh, they're just too well coached to suck, for lack, lack of a better word. Um, number four, the Miami Heat. Uh, I think their Cinderella story from last year ends just a little bit because I don't think they'll go to the final. Spoiler alert. Um, but they'll still be very good. Shooting, scoring, and now experience arguably the best thing they earned from or you know earned from last season. Uh, this team can be the number one seed in the East if all things worked out, but I don't think everything will fall into place. The Avery Bradley pickup was huge because now they have someone that can defend any and all guards. Like Avery Bradley on the perimeter can defend anybody, um, and he's confident in doing in doing so, and he's fine with that role. Um, and he can also just you know hit three. Um, he can be a secondary or, or a third facilitator for your offense. So he's a good player. That was a great addition. And then lastly, the Philadelphia 76ers. They're going to have so many games this season where, honestly, they look like the best team in basketball. But they're also going to have stretches where the Embiid and Ben rumors are swirling faster than ever, and they look terrible. Uh, and that's honestly for them to decide. I think Philly should move on from Ben Simmons and trade James Harden. 
And people said, oh, why would you trade, you know, Ben Simmons? Why wouldn't you trade Embiid? Because I don't know if Embiid can get me James Harden. But I know Ben Simmons can get me James Harden. I, I don't know if I, I was talking to, I don't remember who I was talking to about this, but I don't know if you find a big like Joel Embiid very often in this league anymore. I don't find many bigs that are going to give me, what, 30 and 10, 30 and 12. I, fi- I can find guys that can give me 16 points. I have other- James Harden can get you assists. Like, I can find guys that give me 16, 8, and 5. It's, you're not 6'10 doing it, but I can find guys that do that. I can't find another 7-foot tall guy that moves like Joel Embiid. And you won't find guys often that can get you 50-point triple-doubles. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. just That's just, you know, James Harden's on another planet with that. Um but six through ten, if you want to take it. Okay. Um, number six, I had the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I feel like I have them a little high, higher than most people would. I say this because it's very difficult for the coach they have, uh, the, some of the young players they have, uh, for me to just drop them out of uh, – the playoffs altogether. I've heard some people saying they're not a playoff team, but Kyle Lowry, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal, OG, uh, they're all great players. Uh, I think you have four, four solid players there. They're going to get you enough wins. Uh, you're not going to be too, too much of a threat, I don't feel like, in this Eastern Conference, especially. I feel like the Eastern Conference is one of the better ones we've seen in a while now that KD and Kyrie are back as well as some of these teams after them, some of the players that got moved into the East. Um, but I still think you're better than the lower majority of the East with uh, the, that core still there. Um, the number seven, seven seed, I have the Washington Wizards. Um, I, I don't think we did a uh, too, too many uh, draft reactions or anything like that, but I'm a Denny guy, I think. He's going to be a great player, and he's going to be a great player for this Wizards team, especially with the addition of Russell Westbrook. Um, I don't think Russell Westbrook is going to be um, as high volume as he was in Houston, I guess, for for the word. I see him dropping off in uh, points for sure. I could see him be very well being 22-point scorer with uh, 9 or 10 assists. Or ten, he's definitely going to have 10 assists nine or ten rebounds uh it's just he's gonna fill the stat sheet and he has another player who i think is is an all-star player uh in bradley beal i think they fit really well together um i don't know uh the rumors if the rumors about houston are true and russell westbrook saying he didn't like the culture there it's felt like an aau team and whatnot i don't know if that's true uh but if it is i feel like uh being back with Scott Brooks uh, and all that, I feel like he's already seems in a better mood, but with this could all just be media stories, so you never know. But I, I, I see them being the seventh seed because I think Russell Westbrook is still a player that can add to a team uh, more than he takes away, and they were the ninth seed last year. I don't think you add Russell Westbrook can get worse. Uh, then my eighth seed is Atlanta Hawks. This was the team I was talking about, uh, similar to the Phoenix Suns. They could very well be a fifth seed in the East, as well as they could be 10 
because you don't can't just add players and overnight be immediately better because you're not adding a top three player in the league to this team. You're adding a bunch of really, really good role players, but you're not adding any all-star caliber talent on this team. So I feel like, yes, they look a lot better than they did as they won 20 games last year, maybe. Uh, but they're going to take a jump, and they're going to finally be, uh, with Trey Young, they're going to be a playoff team for many more years. Um, nine, I have the Orlando Magic. I don't have them dropping off too, too much, uh, mainly because once you get into this bottom half of the East, it, it it's not as competitive. I think they'll be one of the playoff teams. They definitely can switch with my 10th seed, which is the Hornets. Uh, the Hornets added solid players, obviously drafting LaMelo Ball was huge and they they've had solid young players for the last couple of years they've just never had that centerpiece and i feel like Melo can do that and not to mention they got a 20 point score in gordon hayward which we'll see how he uh pans out because he just hurt his finger yesterday he like fractured something so we'll see how he comes back but i could see them two switching but i think Melo helps that team get into uh, the playoff race for sure this year. Shout out to PJ Washington, the most underrated second year player for yeah, sure. Yes, the PJ Washington. Uh, is it Mikel Bridges or Miles Bridges that's in Charlotte? I think it's Miles. Miles. Yeah. Uh, solid. Um, you you got guys who can score. Yeah. Devonta Graham's not very good at anything besides throwing that ball at the hoop. So <laughs> I mean. You got guys who are going to try and put the orange thing in the orange thing, yeah, yeah. as you would say, but now you finally got a guy <laughs> to facilitate all of that in the mellow. So we'll, we'll see how that Hornets team does, but I definitely see them in the hunt for the playoff spots. For sure. Um, so number six, I said reaches, right? Number six is the Atlanta Hawks. Surprise. I'm high on Trey Young and the new and very much improved Hawks. Taking a page out of the Mavericks book from last year, they're trying to have the best offense in basketball. The thing is, they can – Replicate that exact form, or that exact formula, rather. Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Rondo were fantastic additions on the offensive end. Uh, you get a secondary uh, facilitator in lineups with Trey Young on the floor, and Rondo can be your primary facilitator on offense. Uh, they were just fantastic additions. Bogdanovich is an upgrade at their two. Gallinari gives them a, a three or a four, whichever you want to run him at. Uh, guys like John Collins, who I prefer him at the four, uh, but if he has to play the five and you can put Gallo at the four, I mean, it's going to work. Um, just gives him offense for days. And then you factor in the bigs, Clint Capella and Double O. Uh, they can protect a rim. They can clean the glass. And they're excellent pick-and-roll bigs. Double O is polished on the block. He can give you 12 to 14 a night from post-ups alone. Uh, they're a young team. They can be like last year's Mavs for sure with the rising star and Trey Young leading the way. I, th- I believe in their offense 100%. And people say, oh, defense, defense, oh, defense. No great defender is going to stop Trey Young. No, no great – a great defensive team like the Clippers. You saw the, a great defensive team like the Clippers. Luka Doncic gave it to him. You know what I mean? Luka Doncic, didn't he almost average a triple-double in the playoffs? Like, you saw that. And that was without KP for four and a half games. You know what I mean? So, I understand the, the claims about defense and wanting defense. But at the end of the day, too, don't disrespect the game, man. You see these players on offense, man. They're just built different. That's sometimes basketball is this this easy. They're just too good. Number seven. I was gonna say. I mean, Trey Young might get better this season. He had <laughs> what thirty two and 
10 last year. It was something outrageous. 30 and 10, and he might get better this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, Number seven, I have the Toronto Raptors. Um, I think the lower seeds are split by a few games, so I don't – I mean, I don't think the Raptors will end up here, uh, but I can definitely see it, and I think it's the most likely outcome just because where the roster is right now. Uh, losing Ibaka and Gasol is huge for this team. You lose defensive prowess and overall offensive identity a bit as well. Not necessarily in terms of like going to them to score, but in terms of you're losing excellent bigs for pick and roll and spacing, and now that's gone. Siakam also got heavily exposed in the playoffs, something that wasn't seen much beforehand. And with an aging Kyle Lowry, I don't know if they can still remain in the top half of this conference. Nick Nurse is a fantastic coach, and I'll likely be wrong here, but man, it's tough to see them better than the seventh seed. It really, really is. Just roster-wise, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to be excellently coached, right? But do they have a player uh, – like, for example, I can compare them to, like, the, the Celtics, right? They don't have they don't have a player better than J- Jason Tatum. They probably don't have a player better than Jalen Brown. Kyle Lowry probably be the best option. Maybe Siakam, maybe. Maybe. But then after that, even a guy like Kemba Walker, does that team fit better than the Celtics? I don't believe so. But they're just so well coached. They're going to be in many ball games. And like I said, I'm probably going to take the L on it, but that's fine because I know they're a good team. Uh, Number eight, I have the Washington Wizards. I think adding Denny was huge. I think he'll be a difference maker and immediately the best young player on that team, better than Rui, uh, Thomas Bryant, whoever else you think. I think the Russ addition is good because during the regular season, he gives you all NBA type of play. Uh, but this team in the front court is severely mismatched. And outside of Beal, Russ, Bertans, and Denny, it's a roster with little to no balance or structure, in my opinion. I don't think they're very good roster-wise outside of that. You don't like what Rui's been doing in preseason? Uh, I'm not a big Rui guy. Uh, I'm not, personally. Um, but if he's better than what I'm expecting, I'm not mad at it either. Uh, I just think I think right now he's best in the mid-range. Um, you know, stuff like that. But I don't think he's very polished as a scorer. Uh, I think Denny's immediately at the snap of finger better. Yeah, um, I would probably agree, but I'm not going to – when I'm mentioning their role players and whatnot, I'm not going to leave Rui out because I, I've kind of been paying attention to him because, you know, Russ is my guy. Uh, Rui's been playing pretty solid in preseason. But it to me, I think preseason matters because these guys are in the NBA. They're playing against other guys in the NBA. Obviously, obviously, not you're not in midseason form. But Rui had I think 18 the other night, and someone getting 18 in any NBA game, no matter what it's for, it, it's impressive. So it matters. Yeah. Um, I'll do nine and ten. Nine Indiana Pacers. If Victor Oladipo isn't the guy we saw before injury, you can just about put a bow on the Indiana Pacers. Uh, I did not like the name McMillan firing, but that was a very bad move. Uh, while I love Sabonis and Brogdon, they're at a deficit of superstar talent. And compare their roster to the roster of like the Hawks, the Nets, the Bucks, and just all the teams in front of them. Eighty to ninety percent of the time, you would take every other team, not name the Pacers. Uh, it, it's just it's just what it is. And now they're in year one with an entirely new coaching staff. I don't have much belief in. Uh, Ten, the Orlando Magic. They're a roster of C, they're a roster full of C plus talent. Uh, they're good enough to win 30 ball games or so, but they just don't have any difference makers yet or a superstar in the making that you can see. Uh, losing John Isaac's going to stink as well. He's a very good role player, very, very good role player. Uh, but I will say I do love me some Cole Anthony. I do. And that man looks like a bucket. So. You see him drop somebody off the other night. Yeah, no, I did. Dropped him and off I knew, and said. And I knew that was in the bag. There you go. I knew that it was a bad. Go to da- go to www.airalamo.com slash dbartonic. Trust me. 
I've talked plenty about my boy Cole Anthony. Just go to www.thatsinmybag.com. <laughs> Retweet. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, we're going to go into the MVP. Um, so we have... What is it? One, two, three, four, five, seven. six, seven. Okay, so we'll do the first. We'll do the first four, and I did it in order of. I think we should just go back and forth. Okay. All right. So we can. We'll just start. We'll just do one, 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 one. We'll just go like that. Um, MVP. I have Luka Doncic. Luka. <laughs> is that who you have two or no? Yes, sir. Okay. 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 I like it. I like it. Okay. Rookie of the year. I have Tyrese Maxey. Don't read my, the rest of my list, but how do I have Luca spelled on MVP? Yeah, Luca all yeah, caps. Yes, sir. <laughs> Rookie of the other, I have Tyrese Maxey. Okay, we talked about this earlier. We're stretching, right? Okay. We're, we're, we're both reaching on this because this is a great rookie class. Yeah. I have two because I couldn't decide between who okay. I wanted to reach on more. I have Denny. Okay. And I, and I have Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, Halliburton. Okay. Because I think playing next to Darren Fox, I think a developing Sacramento team, he's going to get a lot of minutes. And like I said, I believe preseason matters. In his first preseason game, I believe he had 11 and 10 with four steals. I don't think there's going to be many defenders like him in this rookie class. And I think that might push him over the edge. Uh, but right now it looks like Lamelo's is the favorite, but I don't know if that's just because he was a top three pick in the draft. But – I think a lot of these other lower picks could surprise people. I said I got a response on it because someone kind of laughed at it. I said Tyrese Halliburton was a steal this late in the draft, and it was like at 11. And I was like, yeah, that's late for the skill level I think he brings. But 100%. And some a guy like Maxi, who I also really like, I was basically, I believe in the month of April, I, tw- I tweeted a gif of him, and it was like I just put sleeper. He's just so polished as an offensive talent. Um, and he likes to D up. He's yeah. very active on the defensive end. And I think if, if Philly's good, uh, he's going to see a lot of minutes. He's going to be scoring a lot of points. He's going to be a facilitator. And uh, I believe in Tyrese yeah. Maxey 100%. And, I mean, with Denny, I mean, we saw him his first preseason game. He had 15 on 6-6 six six shooting, 3-3 three, three from 3. He's shown he can pass the ball. I mean, he has that overseas uh, experience like Luka, um, like Goran Dragic, these guys who are great facilitators in this league. Um, and he has that kind of experience over there. He made some great uh, passes that not many NBA players make because they don't see the uh, the game like players who played overseas do. And shout so out to Theo Maladon too. Theo Maladon is another another one. The ball. He has a he has a bag. Oh my goodness, he can pass the rock. Them skip passes, those live yeah. action passes. I don't even don't, don't even get me started with live action passing, man. I feel like if you're not a good live action passer, you're yeah. not a you're, you can't be a primary or secondary facilitator in the NBA. But I'll digress. Um, defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis. So I, I, I told you I was going to mention the guy we talked about earlier. Okay. I think now that he's on a good team, a contending team, I think this is going to be his year that he gets some sort of acknowledgement to what he's been doing. I have Drew Holiday as my defensive player of the okay. year. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. Because, and hopefully he wins it. Because yeah. now he's next to another great defender, and Milwaukee is going to be on a lot of, a lot of primetime games. So we're actually going to finally – get the casual NBA fan to watch a defender like Drew Holiday. They can guard one through three very, very well. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a great that's a great take. Uh, and for me, Anthony Davis can clean the glass uh, like nobody's business. He's an excellent rim rotator. He can defend on the perimeter. Uh, perimeter defense is so important in this day and age, and Anthony Davis can do it all. Uh, Coach of the year, I have Steve Nash because I think the, the Nets will be the two seed. I have Steve Nash. I think 
with them going from seven or yeah, I believe they were the seven seed last year from seven to two. Um, they'll be winning a ton of games. They'll look great. And there's going to be times, like I said, they'll look like the best team in basketball. So I got Steve Nash. I have Coach Spo. He's been one of my favorite coaches for years. Uh, I think, once again, a lot of people are underrating this Heat team just because it was painted as a Cinderella story. I don't think any team gets to the finals just because. I don't think it's an underdog story. I think it's because they have one of the best coaches in this league, possibly ever, in Coach Spo. Uh, I think, once again, they're going to be a top four, t- three to four seed. Um, I think they're going to get deeper into the playoffs than many people are projecting them to, and I think Coach Spo will win Coach of the Year. Sixth man of the year, I got Brandon Clark. I I'm think, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I have, I have Brandon Clark. Uh, I, he had a great rookie year last year. Uh, he doesn't really shoot, you know, at the three-point line, but anything inside of there, he's actually very good. He can finish at the basket with ease, very polished in the post, uh, can finish, like I said, with ease. Uh, he's a good short, short roll passer. And just overall, really good feel from the game offensively. And defensively, he's also very, very good as well. Very versatile and dynamic defender for a big man. So, uh, I like Brandon Clark. I, I, I think this is this is going to be his year. I have Dennis Schroeder. I think moving to the contending team, the Los Angeles Lakers, I think he's going to be playing a lot, a lot of that six-man facilitator minutes. And with a facilitator like LeBron to learn from now, he learned from Chris Paul last year. Now he gets to learn, learn from LeBron James, arguably two of the best facilitators in this league now. Uh, I think he's. we're going to see a jump in his playmaking ability. And when he's on the court with LeBron, I think he's going to be getting some pretty easy buckets. So I, I, I could see him having another six-man-of-the-year season. Uh, my executive of the year was John Horst. That was the executive for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I have him because they just signed Giannis to the Supermax, bringing in Drew Holiday, uh, as well as I think they're going to have the number one seed in the East, and they'll probably have the best record in the NBA. So I think that's very deserving of the executive of the year doing that for such a small market team. Uh, I, I'll agree with that. Um, that's not who I had initially, but looking at the who I had, um, I'm going to go with him as well. I, I had Tommy Shepard of the Washington Wizards, but I feel like being a six or seven seed is not going to be enough. But uh, but I think that the Wizards, this Wizards team is going to be a lot better than they were last year. And the most interesting one, most improved player, the guy I've been banging the table on saying he's just – I, 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 he's just special. Shai Gilgis Alexander, I think this is going to be most improved player. He's finally going to get some recognition. A lot of people talked about Chris Paul last year. No, SGA made that train roll as well. Um, he's very dynamic, a very good young player, very crafty. I, I, I don't have enough good things to say about him. Trust me. I, I wish, you know, we had enough time so I could really break down the game with y'all about SGA, but just know he's got next. I promise you. Well, this is anticlimactic because I had SDA as well. I think I've, I've been pretty high on him as well since he came to OKC, uh, like like you have been similarly. Uh, I'm probably a little – I feel like I'm pretty high on him because we've had discussions. I I could see him having top five-like seasons in the future where he's in the talks with players like Jason Tatum um, and guys like that who are going to be kind of top five in the years to come when some guys retire off and exit their primes and whatnot. Uh, but he, he's going to have a, a great season individually. I don't think this OKC team is going to be very good, but he's going to be the bright spot and going to be why people look at OKC a lot this season. I, I'm going to, I'm saying he's going to be 
over 20 point score and at least at least seven assists he, he's he's developed a lot and i like him a lot my I, i'll leave on this note my dark horse for mip is definitely De'Aaron fox i think De'Aaron fox has it in the bag man i think he's another guy in preseason two he's been showing me he can pull up from deep uh as long as that if that three-point shot gets going yeah, De'Aaron Fox is going to be an issue. You know, off the top of my head, who could be a dark horse too? I think Tyler Hero could be a dark horse as well. Yeah, you love you some Tyler Hero. But, I agree, I agree. But, but I yeah, mean, you like, do love you some Tyler Hero. Depending on how Goran comes off of his injury, Tyler may have extra minutes, and we'll see him as a facilitator because he did play very well in the bubble. Uh, but we'll see, man. Yeah, 72 100%. games. 100%. Here we go, y'all. So thank y'all very much. This was episode 26 of the Notorious Sports Podcast. The NBA season starts in eight days from now. It's officially Friday, December 18th at 1212.com. Or 1212.com. <laughs> 1212am. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at DA Bartonic. Go follow our Twitter at Dame. That's at A-N-T-A-N-D-D-A-M-E. Check out the Earl Campbell interview. That will be on the way very, very soon after this episode. And y'all be sure to tune into all the other stuff. Check out my articles and all that stuff. God bless and peace and love, baby. Like Dame said, follow us on Twitter. Follow the Spotify page. Follow the Apple Podcast page. Follow the Horn page they have set up for us uh, over on SoundCloud. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at AnthonyFJoseph0, which I kind of need to change that up. I haven't changed it recently. I might have to change it for four now, Uh, but we'll see. Larry, I'll appreciate you. Much more coming soon.